0: Welcome back to The Land Before Prime, I'm Tom, and Rob's not with me right now. This is an old episode you're about to listen to, all recorded before Covid really had its stranglehold on the world. We will be providing new content pretty soon, but for now, please enjoy these old film reviews. (laughs) Welcome back to the Land Before Prime podcast with me Tom, me Rob, and Rob, what film are we looking at today? We're looking at Pan's Labyrinth. Right, but before we get into that, I'd like to highlight a little problem we had last week. Now, those of you that are very good at counting and... Able to have got through primary school. Should have noticed that actually I won the quiz last week. 6-4 or 6-5 if you include the bonus. So we'll reverse those scores. So at the moment it is 1-0 to me. And we'll see if you can pull that one back with the questions at the end of today. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. I don't think they're too bad, but I am fresh out of watching this film. So I do see what you mean. Yeah, I'm a little worried. We'll...
1: About the quiz. We'll see what's
0: gonna happen. Mm, I'm I'm more worried about Two Weeks Time quiz, which is to <laughs> Be Bear, but we'll come to that at the end. So Pan's Labyrinth, why was it your favourite film? Before without going into anything too much, why why did you suggest this film? So I was around about what was it, two thousand six it came out. So Ooh, n- d- 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 yes, I think so. Yes, two thousand six. <laughs> we've just gone to our notes on the screen. So
1: yeah, I was around, you know, seventeen eighteen. Um, one of my best friends at the time Justice said, "Let's go to the cinema." And back then, it was a case of you didn't really care about who said what. Who go and watch this film? I like to just. We just turned up. What's on? What's going on? Let's let's go and check it out. However, he says, "Oh, Pans," and he was so excited. Pan's and Labyrinth, Pans. Labyrinth, have you not seen it? Well, well, no. He goes, "Right, we're seeing this." So I go in, I sit down, and you get the first few minutes subtitles. I was like, "Okay, maybe it's just leading up to something." five minutes later, subtitles. I was like, Dan, is this is this a foreign film?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was a
1: little bit oh God, you know, at that age I walked out of the cinema and I went, That's one of the greatest films we've ever seen. And I I've just been hooked ever since. I love the magical side of it. I love the, the adult fairy tale as I call it. Um and just using your imagination and it was I think aimed for adults, in my opinion. I think it, it it went up above and beyond.
0: No, I absolutely agree. Um, so before we get into tearing this film to bits <laughs> and deciding <No. laughs> whether or not I loved it as much as you did, okay. uh, I guess we should talk about what the story is. Yep. So we're going to cheese a little bit here because although I managed to recount Half Part last week, it's considerably harder when it's actually a film with some substance let's say (laughs) yes um so what we've done is we jumped onto imdb and i am going to say this to claudio cavallo of rio (laughs) de janeiro brazil your story plot was what we chose so in 1944 in the post civil war in spain rebels still fight in the mountains against the phalangist troops the young and imaginative Imaginative, Ophelia travels with her pregnant and sick mother Carmen Vidal to the country to meet and live with her stepfather, the sadistic and cruel Captain Vidal, in an old mill. During the night, Ophelia meets a fairy and together they go to a pit in the centre of a maze where they meet a fawn that tells her she is a princess from a kingdom in the underground. He also tells her that her father is waiting for her but she needs to accomplish three gruesome, tough and dangerous assignments first. Meanwhile, she becomes friends of the servant, Mercedes, who's the sister of one of the rebels, and actually providing support to the group. In a dark, harsh, and violent world, Ophelia lives her magical world, trying to survive her tasks and see her father and king again. To be fair, we could have probably chosen a better one than that, because having read that through, I've decided actually it's not that good. There's a fair few errors in it, for example. um, Ophelia doesn't meet the fairy at... Night, she meets it at the very very beginning as they're driving along in the car. Yep. Um he then as soon as they arrive at the um captain's mill, the fairy then takes her to the labyrinth then before being rushed inside by Mercedes, yep. who explains that it is a labyrinth. Um but ultimately that does give you the whole story idea, I guess. Um so we know what your position was on the film. Yeah. You you loved it. This, honestly, this makes me nervous Knowing what, what, wondering what your opinion is. So one of the beautiful things about this um, and doing a podcast like this is we are watching the films individually. Yeah. We're not watching them together. We will sometimes, and when we have guests such as uh, Graham Woods from Jaws 19, he'll be a guest very soon. Yep, definitely. Uh, where we'll watch a DVD all together. The individual side allows us just to take notes and it makes this much more of a surprise. Um, so to keep him... In suspense, that little bit longer. Yeah, go on. Uh, no, I'll be nice. I loved it. Oh, good, I, I good. genuinely, absolutely adored this film. Now, for me, if you'd shown me this 15 years ago, mm-hmm. so I would have been 20 at the time, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, I've never been that much of a fan of subtitled films. There's only a very small number that I am a fan of. Uh, one of which is Das Experiment, which is a German film. Okay, uh, and it's incredibly brutal, based on semi based on a, a true story. Um, and that's about it, actually, on on the region of subtitled <laughs> films. So when you said that this was a subtitled film, there's always that bit of me that goes risk, uh, isn't it? I'm not too sure, but. It absolutely paid off. And the Mm. the first thing I'll say is, would it have worked if it was in English?
1: See, I thought about it the other day, and I don't think it would. I think you get a little bit more (laughs) criticised if it's an American, British. I think, yeah, I think when something's foreign, you allowed a little bit of leeway. I think um, there's quite a few foreign films that are similar and... Yeah, I think I agree with you
0: on that one. So Das Experiment, as an example there, there are two. There's a modern Das Experiment, which is Adrian Brody. And it semi-follows the original film's plot, but it's nowhere near as good. Yet the original German film... phenomenal and one of the things I think if you made it an English film and if you read up the notes on this you'll see that Del Toro said absolutely not and even when the um, film studios offered him even more money to do it in English he said absolutely not My Mm. my story is in Spanish and it will be on screen in Spanish that is the way it goes even to the point that he's lost trust in subtitle writers and wrote the subtitles in English himself to ensure that the translation wasn't lost Ah, okay. um, which actually helped make the film considerably better because I'm well. I know what he means. I have seen some subtitled films, and yet the meaning is completely lost when it comes to it. And well, maybe I'm wrong there, but yeah, in English you would have ended up with probably American English actors.
1: Yeah, and yeah. the
0: thing is, is if you're going to base this in 1944, you're going to base this in Spain. You're going to get the best reaction and the best feel for the film if you've got people that A, look Spanish, but B, <laughs> are Spanish. They're not using it as a English as an additional language. It is their main language. And every you get every feeling you could imagine you'd want in it comes across perfectly in Spanish. And then, yeah, the English subtitles all make sense and help you follow the story massively. Um, so no, I don't think it would have worked in English at all. I think it would have been a complete lemon. And yeah, if the studios had got their way, I think you would have ended up with some big names in there and you would have ended up with a film that was uh,
1: rubbish. Yeah, that's why, like, if, if this ever got a remake, it just wouldn't work. And I had a little bit of um, a recap about the guy who plays, basically, the fawn and pale man. Uh, I think Jones. he's called Doug Jones, yeah. The only American <laughs> in the film. And I read, like, how uh, Del Toro, he, he, he just emailed him and said, you have to be in this that was it you just got it. he goes i don't speak i don't speak spanish and he goes you know just try to learn it what, oh, what's the word I can never pa- patologic platonic platonic
0: yeah phonetically or i'm not sure so, yeah oh,
1: the word's gone but and he just said no no, no i'm going to spend and he, he i read read it. it took 5 hours a day and he would just try to reword every word because he just wanted to make his performances, you know...
0: Yeah, and he learned, from what I understand, he learned both Spanish and English versions of the script so he knew what ah, was coming next, so he could understand... Nice. So he knew what his cue yeah. would be. Ah, perfect. So he learned a huge amount. And, um, well, let, let, let's talk about Doug Jones then, really. That that costume to start with... <laughs> yeah. Absolutely amazing. It's so creepy, but the... Um, mixture of cgi with it but real world um costume and the foley yeah (laughs) it just absolutely made it and then having his performance as the Fawn, it was incredible it was hard to when you're watching
1: it for the first time is he is he good i mean then there's parts of it where he starts to get a bit evil towards ophelia and you think hold on a minute is he on her side or is he going against her what's going on
0: here you you get that horrible feeling that ophelia is being led down the garden yeah path. it's like are you doing this because the fawn's unable to do yes this? and when it's all said and done the fawn's going to get away with whatever the fawn wants to do and you're going to be left dead exactly yeah exactly. You, it, it, he, he manages to portray a very foreboding character that doesn't need to be but it it helps progress the story, especially when he gets angry after the failure of the second task.
1: Yes, you, I was just going
0: to bring that up. You genuinely feel how angry he is. There isn't any doubt in your mind that that's someone putting it on. It's, shit, he is angry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well,
0: I was going to say, did you, so you
1: realised that uh, Doug Jones played both uh, parts as well. So there was a, a little bit of a conspiracy going on online, uh, and people were saying, is, oh, no, sorry, is the fawn... The pale man—is it another incarnation? What, like, who
0: is the pale man? Yes, because
1: it's the same actor. Are they trying to make out? You know, it's a test. It's a test for Ophelia. Is
0: it ultimately a test uh, for Ophelia to discover? I see where you're going with that, and I can see where a lot of the forums went with that. Um, I think it was just more the fact that budget-wise, yeah, I think, wise, they yeah, didn't I have think much it's of the same budget. actor, <laughs> and um, they'd already got an actor who was suited to motion capture. Yep. And wearing very heavy, uncomfortable costume. So let's let's make the most of him. I mean, I think that scene when I first watched it, that freaked me out. What, the pale man?
1: When he I d I don't do well I don't do well with uh, being chased. <laughs> so dreams, nightmares. When you know when so in a film just like this one, and she's just about to get out yeah. and he's so close, oh I feel sick. I, I hate it.
0: So the the, the pale man is the Noise, disturbing the to say the least. Yeah, um, the costume and the design is is horrendous, it, <laughs> it, and I don't mean that it's, it's bad, yeah. I mean it, it, it genuinely Evil. leaves you feeling very unsettled. To then see him push his eyeballs into his hands <laughs> was just effortlessly disturbing. Um, and again, if you read online and you look at some of the interviews. Uh, at the premiere of this, there was Mm -hmm. a 22-minute standing ovation. Oh, really? But uh, do you know who was sat next to Del Toro on on the premiere? Stephen King. Oh, really? And Stephen King apparently gasped and pulled back at the pale man scene, which for Del Toro apparently was like, that I know I have done well. If I can make Stephen King the lord of things that are (laughs) scary, uncomfortable then I've done something right. And it is. It's, That's amazing. It's such a horrible scene. It is. Seeing the two fairies get crunched in half, the screaming, the noise. You're right. The abs. And so he does that screech. Oh, it's, in, Even that beginning bit. And we'll just see if the microphone can pick it up when he's a... Uh...
1: Oh, you bring it back. Everywhere. When his, his fingers
0: are <laughs> clicking on the table just as he's starting to come starting round. starting to
1: wake up and you're like, get out, get out. Oh.
0: It is. It, it was genuinely upsetting. And um, <laughs> I, I, I know exactly what you mean now. And it's it, yeah. I, I don't think you could get away with that actually being one of the best scenes in the entire film. Mm. Um, talking about the film as a whole, then, I didn't realise as well that Del Toro had started writing this in 1993. Yeah. Yeah. So he'd been writing it for this huge amount of time. And God knows how many times he must have gone back to the drawing board and said, nope. I'm going to change this, I'm going to change this, I want this, I want... It's incredible. And then the fact that apparently he didn't take any payment oh, okay. either for this. I don't know if that was prior to the film getting to the box yes, office yeah. or whether he took back payment, but um, as far as I'm aware, he took no payment for the film. Yeah. It really was a labour of love for him. And um, I guess that that's what makes him such an amazing director in, in this instance, because... It is an incredible film, and mm. you feel so much love has been put into this, and so much effort. You can't help but think someone really did want this to be spectacular. Well, I have read a little bit
1: about um, Captain Vidal, and I have to make sure I get it right. Is it, his actor's name is uh, Sergio Lopez? I think it is. Uh, we've um, got
0: IMDb in front of us, so we <laughs> can always tell I'm us.
1: pretty sure it is Sergio. L- Sergio Sergi Lopez. Lopez. Okay, um, and I read a little bit of uh, a fact that apparently he in in, in Spain he's a, a comedian. He's very f- different to this kind of character, and Del Toro was warned and, and they said, "Be careful because you, you're casting someone who's very opposite to what you want." And he goes, "I don't care. You know, I, I, I don't n- care.
0: I would never have guessed that at all because the, he From plays the, yes. he plays the role." Yeah
1: so So beautifully
0: he's so terrifying and um (laughs) foreboding he's got such a a dark personality to him i find it hard to believe that in real life he'd be a very light airy comedic (laughs) man so that that's actually quite shocking i I would never have got that um let's stay with the captain then yeah knowing what i know about 1944 and uh, and ignoring kind of world war ii at that point and just looking at the spanish civil war there were atrocious things done we we know this. But wow, I mean what was it? It's um ooh. Yeah, so seventeen to twenty minutes into the film. Okay, yep. We see the two farmers that torture- are caught yes. rabbits. Not yeah. the torture scene, because we'll come to that in a moment, because again, even that was towards the end, but no, the the farmers are caught rabbiting. And the captain's disturbed and he's brought out to deal with them because his men believe they're spies. <laughs> um, and it immediately just gives you what the captain's like. So we've seen the captain. We've seen that he's married this woman. He's accepted Ophelia into his life, which, let's face it, no matter how much of a, a horrible person he is, to do that is somewhere on A, a, a scale of being yes. a decent human yes. being. Um but then we get these two innocent farmers. They're they're, they're professing how innocent they are. That uh, <laughs> they're help, out just rabbiting, help. and then going explain how he kills the young the son.
1: It's just it, the whole thing's brutal when he brashes him. It's just
0: it's, I can't... The, the effects they used were incredible. So it, it's a brutal death. So they, he finds a bottle of um, we're assuming wine or alcohol in the bag, and he basically uh, no, he takes it yeah. like a club and he basically smashes this person's face in and you see the nose give way you're eventually seeing the face caving in and it's just, it's horrendous. It really is horrendous how it's portrayed let alone how it looks because it just does genuinely look real at this point. Um, The only saving grace I would say there is Del Toro managed to keep it dark so it's not overly visible. You know what's happened. You can see the silhouettes. You can see the shadows of what's happened. But ultimately, it's still more up to your mind. And with his expression, he just doesn't care. There's no No. feelings. No. And again, that must be incredibly hard as an actor to portray someone with no feelings that's doing such a brutal, (laughs) bloody thing. Seeing this kid's face... destroyed in front of you and you're just basically hammering down the bottom of a wine bottle on their face it's a but he manages to keep this amazing kind of he plays start. it well he, yeah. he does he plays it beyond well like
1: it's real. like oh it's just it's just an
0: evil person the character it's mm. just... and then there's of course as you said the torture scene yes yeah uh where he says well first of all i'm not going to trust you Then I'm going to pull out and I'm going to use this tool, which basically looks like a hammer. (laughs) Then we're going to be a little friendly. Then he pulls out another one, which basically for hooking and and poking and ripping, basically. And he says, once I get to using this, we will be like brothers. (laughs) And I will believe everything you tell me. And you think that's it. You think, you know what, that's it. We're, We're going to hear it, but that's all you're going to do. And then ultimately we get the doctor turn up what ten the minutes poor later, doctor. and we see the bloke lift his hand, and you basically see the finger hanging off where he's carved down into the hand itself, and he's done these various horrible torture things to this, this poor stuttering man. It's when they're begging,
1: just take me, just kill me. Mm. And that's what always gets to me in any type of film when the guy just just kill me. I, I hate that moment, and when the captain obviously then starts to realise. The doctor's in on it, you know. He's part of that. So,
0: one thing that actually, I, I, I kind of disagree a little bit on that, um, and I feel that's possibly one of the only things that let down the film. The captain jumps to a very large conclusion, so he finds that when they've caught a group of rebels, they've he, no, they're chasing after the rebels, excuse me, and they find a vial of antibiotics. Yeah. So they keep it. Then, when we see the doctor treating the torture patient, the captain finds a vial of antibiotics that looks identical same. in the doctor's bag. The problem with that is the, the the captain immediately jumps to the conclusion, which he's right, that the doctor is helping the rebels. They would have looked the same, no matter. This who is had what. Yeah, it. I know what you're
1: gonna. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's a case of even even if. The guy was dying. A doctor's duty, you know, put him out of his measure, just for instance. Um, plus the, the antibiotics, as you said. I mean well, they 1944, the same. it's going to be... You could be... have gone
0: to any hospital and the, the antibiotic vial would have no the same. There's no boots, there's no different it brands. It have a brand name on it. So the, the fact that the doctor's got a vial that looks the same as the one that they found that the rebels had means nothing because they would have looked yeah. identical. Yeah. But... I
1: know that's... we're nitpicking... But I know exactly what you mean, and I'm like that, especially with my girlfriend. She's like,
0: just just watch the films. Like, no, but no. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just have to find those little bits, yeah. and, and, that, and that's possibly the only. thing. I mean, thing if that's,
1: that's a bad thing, that's nothing, is it? It, I mean, it just makes me wonder a... <laughs> if um,
0: Del Toro needed some way, some r- rushing it, like not rushing him. To, yeah, to Get not that's... make the film overly long, but realise that actually we need to make you aware that. The doctor knows, is yeah. the, the, the the captain has worked out the doctor is on the rebels side. Now, personally, I would have had it that the captain witnesses him killing the patient. True, maybe true. by standing back, so the doctor thinks he's on his own and he's not, and have it done like that. But well, that, maybe that, that,
1: that's... maybe put, you know, killing him, uh, euthanizing him, maybe a bit upset, crying, something that it's like, why are you upset? You yeah. um, know. But yeah, I mean, I think in terms of story writing, you've got to kind of well get it, into that. it
0: doesn't deter from the film one slightest bit and it doesn't make you think oh well the film's rubbish then it doesn't ruin it um, no, and I mean no. there are are so many parts of the film that you can't help but think oh, oh, oh. <laughs> um, and I'm not over like you I'm not overly a fan of horror and I'm in fact I'm very much against these films that tend to call themselves horror but use it as an excuse just to absolutely gore, gore everything. Yeah hostile as an example saw, for saw in, i mean i like the saw i liked the first saw but and the it just others, got
1: yeah over the top for the sake of being over the top precisely and
0: it, it, it it's just not needed yeah. i feel pans managed to stick to the kind of boundary just right it never really went over it too far so actually it was bearable so,
1: what do you rank of the amputation? Oh, I was just going to say. <laughs> so, yeah, that
0: that fifty-six minute mark when he's the doctor and Mercedes are out dealing with the rebels, we see him amputate the rebel captain's leg, leg, and. Yeah, you expect to see him put the uh, the uh, hacksaw to the person's leg. What you don't expect is that whole about a second worth of footage where you just see it go <laughs> straight into his leg. From what I remember, don't they give him a little bit of whiskey. They give him a bottle of whiskey, he just downs it, he's it. boozing it up. It kind of makes you feel, oh, okay.
1: But no, no, it's, it's going to still, you can have that whiskey. You can have a half a bottle of whiskey. You're going to be in
0: agony. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It, 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 it's not pleasant. Um... But was it needed? I, th- I think maybe. I don't
1: think it. I don't think, think, so, it, I don't it, think it was it, over the top. It, it would have happened in those day and Precisely. I think, I think it would have. Happened. I think
0: Del Toro spent a lot of time looking into actually how things would have happened, how things would have worked, hmm. and if you're going to have the doctor, especially a doctor of the standing that we're led to believe this doctor has, at the beck and call of Vidal, the captain, then obviously he is going to be capable of doing anything. yeah. And when you realise that he's working for the rebels as well, well, obviously the rebels have got no care. They are mm. basically living in the woods and in a cave. It is going to be a horrendous thing. So <laughs> that you've got to portray it as it would be. And, and in this case, I think he's got it absolutely on the head. Mm-hmm. Um, now, funny thing is, when you said Del Toro was the director, I was trying to think, why do I know his name? <laughs>
1: Now, let me guess what you're going to say because I know there's two Del Toros. I can't never say this one, but then the other one I can't really say. Ben, the the
0: actor. Is, it, uh, is that what you're about to say? It wasn't. No. Oh, okay. So okay. Del Toro as the director. Oh, as a direct. Okay. As yep. a director, did Hellboy in 2004 and Hellboy Two in 2008, which. Of course now I actually look at Pan's Labyrinth especially looking at the pale man as an example his designs have never really shifted between those three films some of the things we see so the creatures we see in Hellboy and in Hellboy 2 in particular the um race that's in the the the, the main race the golden army So you'll woman. be on your
1: own f- I never watched the Hellboys. I oh, know I have really? to. I know I have to. Okay. I've never watched one. Um
0: let me quickly show you. So what you're gonna hear me do is, is 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 typing on my horrendous keyboard that makes lots and lots of noise. Um just to show Rob a couple of images and he'll see what I mean. I know Ron Perlman is, is Ron played Perlman? the character.
1: I know him because I love Sons of Anarchy. Um but in terms of the other characters, I would I would not know. Apart from the main character, well, that's it. We don't. But I can re- see, what, so I can Ron see what you mean.
0: Isn't the one we really care about. It's when we come it's the to the other characters. Yeah, the other characters. So, I'm showing Rob currently the the fish guy, who I can't actually remember his name. <laughs> fish guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I see what you. I've got to say, actually. Hang on a moment. It's, Compare him to the fawn. I've got a feeling it was Doug Jones that was in Hellboy as well. He was. And, oh, yes, is. He's Abe, which is the the fish bloke. Well, and Abe Sapien. So yeah, enough, yeah. He's the and shape man shape of water. Oh, water water.
1: Um, well, <laughs> oh no! And in the Watch Alien. So he he his, his speciality is like Alien he does fish seem,
0: monsters. <laughs> he does seem to have uh, form and to always be called back. But as I say, the the creatures from oh. Hellboy and Hellboy Two. I recognise that one? Yeah. Is that him? Do you see what I mean now about the fact that he's got a very... Distinctive look, hasn't he? Distinctive type that he comes up with for his fairy tale creatures. Um, We're currently looking at the lead of the Golden Army. I can't remember what the race was called, but they've they've somewhat got a jigsaw style face. Mm. Uh, The very pale skin they tend to to always go down the route of. But um, yeah, the... I, I didn't realise until I started doing the research that, yeah, oh, so it's the same Del Toro that did Hellboy. And, of course, that now makes sense um, because the the character design, the style of filming isn't too dissimilar. The problem is with Hellboy and Hellboy 2, I've not seen the modern 2019 one, oh, yeah. is that they're Hollywood. They are just purely Hollywood. They fit in a love story. They, they, they do everything that somewhat destroys a film whereas Del Toro with this moving away from that film studio it's it's wonderful because he's he's kept it raw mm. it feels very very raw you feel like you're getting a single story going on. In Hellboy sometimes it feels like there's three or four stories going on. In this there's one story and that's all we care about and it's Orphelia and all yeah. these things that are happening around her are all part of that same story there's no... B-plot, mm, really. True, yeah, true. Yes, you could say the Rebels are a B-plot, but yeah, they are say... because because it all plays in to the main story. Um, but anyway, yeah, that, that, that's all I was going to say on that, so I was very, very surprised when I, I realised it was Hellboy versus the quality of this, this is like a hundred times better. But then Hellboy 2 comes along, <laughs> and it's almost like he's taken a step back, and I that might be to do with the fact that he agreed to the Hollywood studio. I no. don't know. Well, I was going to bring
1: up because um, we've we've gone on. We've started off with the the fantasy, the magical side of things, then jumped into the Civil War or the War. Yeah. So let's go to the end part. Oh, so okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Where we find Aphelia uh, done, has done whole all, all her three tasks. Yeah. Well, talking about the third task, including her new brother. Yes. New baby born. Um, How do you see that with the end where she's got to take the blood of an innocent, but she refuses? And then it all gets a bit dark. I know it's it's a dark film anyway, but it gets very dark where Captain Vidal takes the baby and then shoots Ophelia. Yes. Then we find out that as she's lying down, her blood is dripping down into the labyrinth and then that's the that's when the blood in it all comes out there so where do you take
0: that with see i liked it i thought actually that was a very very nice way of going she is proving she is selfless i guess selfless and utterly innocent by refusing to take the blood of a child mm even though she is a child herself. And she's basically been thrown into this whole story with no <laughs> no knowledge over no a few idea. days. Um, no, I thought it was a very, very well-performed idea and it was very, very well laid out and it, it, it did work incredibly nicely. Um, I was going to say, there's a scene in it
1: which... Do you know when... In, in, in any film, when a character's evil, bad, you hate him and there's that one moment when you go oh, you, you don't feel sorry for yeah. him, but you get that. And it's the moment when the rebels surround the captain yes. and he hands the baby over and he obviously knows what's about to happen. He knows he's going to get killed. And he says, I don't, from what I remember, he says, please, can you tell my son what time his dad died? And she's like, no, I'm not going to say your anything. Your son will never know, never your know your who name. you are." And then just kill him. Yeah, this. I, I, but that's what I love about, filmmaking and i think he did that well he gives you that little bit of i don't know it's not really sympathy it's up to mm. the viewer to decide um but i love that part and you know and then when the she got mercedes mercedes well, that's, that's the one i always remember pedro is the
0: brother yes and
1: the mercedes and when she goes in to see uh, ophelia and she's not quite dead but dying
0: no yes yeah, she's still breathing yes. her last breaths
1: and then obviously the, they're making out that obviously she has died because then it goes on to the fantasy ending
0: so yes we end so, up there and where do you see that i mean is that what is real what isn't Joe. you know if i were to pick holes in this and if i were to nitpick I actually didn't like the whole fairy tale ending. I feel it
1: was a quick ending,
0: would, quick, too easy. I wouldn't even say that. It was more for me. I just didn't like the i. I didn't like how it was portrayed. How she stood in front of the thrones. She's told you're finally here. You can mm. now release the fawn is there. Um, it felt very, very childish compared to a true, film that true. is incredibly adult. adults. Um, I would have possibly preferred just a much simpler ending, which would have been her passing through just even just a kind of a golden light and then then the words on the screen, like there is at the end saying Mm. um, her humanity. She left small traces of her humanity for those that would know to look, would see. Um, that was fine, but I don't think it actually needed the throne room scene. I felt that that just made it feel <laughs> very, very childish, very child film esque. Um, which again, I didn't know, but he was asked to direct the line The Witch and the Wardrobe oh, film okay. and he turned it down. Oh, really? Uh, his, his words were, this, Oh, the new this, one, the, yeah, yeah, this is my line in The Witch and the Wardrobe, apparently, is, is what he, oh. he refers to Pan's Labyrinth as. Um, but yeah, no, no, that, that's my thought on the whole throne scene. Um, now let me ask you a question. What Would you have killed Vidal the way he killed him? I know we've just said how, it was how brutal. dark he is and, and brutal, but is there anything you would have done? And this is possibly the Hollywood side of okay, so my, me, my fandom sort of side of things.
1: Now you've asked me that, I would probably... Maybe the magical side... Maybe the fawn kills him. I don't know. I would I would have liked a little bit of interlude of the magical world and the real world coming together at some point because uh, I was going to say one thing when the captain, he doesn't see the fawn. I remember. I've just... Yes, he can't that. see. But he doesn't see. It. So that, then it messes with your head. What is real then? So in terms of his death, um, I don't know because it was the either Ophelia has to kill her, can't kill him, sorry, or the Rebels. And obviously that's what happens, but maybe it might have been a nice little twist that the fawn goes, blah. So
0: so for me, and again, as I say, this could very well be the fact that I've been so infected by Hollywood films now and, and how they come across. For me, I would have quite liked to have seen her drug him the drugs' effects potentially letting him see oh, this fairy no, yeah. tale, yep. and her escaping through a chalk door, and then having the pale man deal with oh, it. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, I've not
1: because thought about be, that.
0: being being drugged, not being able to escape, she gets past the pale man, but possibly the pale man that'd takes good, down yeah. the captain, and no one knows where he's disappeared to. And that then that that plays into that whole no one really knows this world is real except mm. for Ophelia. Uh, and for the captain to suddenly disappear into thin air as the the rebels, it would allow you to kind of say that the, the troops created their own story about the, this this captain. Ah, oh, true, yeah, create our um, history. Yeah, that's how I would have potentially played it. But saying that, I didn't think yeah, brutal as it was. I think actually the end is very good with how they kill him. Um, and that's not talking about the fact that Mercedes puts the knife through his cheek. <laughs> oh, that, I love that. I, lo-
1: I love when the he... scene when he sews it back up and Drinks. has a drink.
0: Oh, I mean, that's, uh, that's gruesome. It is very gruesome. But at the
1: same time, you got to think it is, what, 1944. So yeah. it would be brutal like that. It's just... In,
0: just. So there's a couple of things we haven't discussed um, that we really should. Oh, yes. Animatronics. So Del Toro, again, was a very, very keen purveyor of using animatronics rather than solely CGI. Uh, Which means, and even the CGI aspect of this film for 2006 beats a hell of a lot of the films that we see today Mm. on CGI quality. But I think the biggest thing for that is, again, because it's got the animatronics there. So the Toad
1: is animatronic with a
0: CGI overlay in certain parts. Yeah, I love that scene. And it just... You immediately feel it's real, and um, those of you that watch my videos and the channel and so on will know that I'm a very, very fond person of saying I, I prefer the models over CGI because mm-hmm. having a physical object when you film it, it exists; therefore, it looks it's real. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and these toads, the fairies, everything that there was done, the um, the root. The root under the bed. Yeah. That is a creepy little root. (laughs) And it's so beautifully done. It's a little animatronic robot with a little bit of CGI. And then... And it it just actually looked fantastic.
1: It made you sad when they threw it in the fire. Yes. And you heard the cry. Oh, yeah. But that's little things like that. It is that, that, perfect. But that takes
0: me back to what we said at the very beginning about the fawn costume. The foley in this film, those of you that don't know what the term foley means, it's the, the, the manufacture of sound for film and television. Uh, so it's people being told, right, we need the sound of a bone breaking and them going away and working out how to make that sound. Mm. And the foley in this film is phenomenal. Everything from the background sound of the mill and the forest and the labyrinth all the way to the creaking nature of that fawn's costume <laughs> or the the pale man's skin flopping about or the nails on the table each bit has just been so well thought out and 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 put across i honestly it, it was absolutely amazing um and it does make the film that much more stronger um that much that that bit more stronger because it's it's got that sensation of what I'm watching actually existed. Yeah, um, I'm, glad, I'm
1: so happy. I'm glad. Honestly, the least
0: last two weeks, I'm just like, oh, please like it, please like. <laughs>
1: it. Especially when it's one of your favourites.
0: But yeah, I'm just, yeah. Well, no, I can absolutely it. understand why it's one of your favourites, and I would highly recommend people go away and yeah. watch this. As long as you, as long as you can face watching a film that you do have to watch and pay attention to every subtitle. Yeah. So there is pardon me, no English to this film it is subtitle, subtitle, subtitle which made it very hard to write notes <laughs> at the same time because you find, oh I've missed something, I've got to go back now um, but definitely worth watching, now um, I'm going to let you answer this one because I answered uh, the South Park okay. one does this film stand up today in comparison to the films that are coming out where would you place this, would you say it's, it's bottom of the pile, it's, It it would survive, it would probably just about make its box office back, or would it be one of the, the few that come into the cinema and absolutely smashes the box office? Personally,
1: I think it would do better now than it would back then. I think the last, say, 10 years, where a lot of the film's about using your imagination and using the, the senses around you, it's really, I think... I think it will have, it would have a bigger audience.
0: Yeah, so fantasy uh, films have certainly expanded since the mid-2000s. Yeah. They're they're much more common now, and people are much more accepting of them. Mm. It's not longer they, seen as it's a geek thing.
1: No, I mean, I think the fact that it's you've got a young uh, female lead, which kind of seems to, I don't know, it seems to be the, the good thing um so are you opening up for children it obviously depends on the age range <laughs> but um yeah I, I just think in terms of like i'm sure i'll have to look this up again i'm sure it was nominated for an oscar uh
0: i, I believe i'm it sure was it was maybe
1: million, sound yeah. or maybe um
0: wow it was a budget of 19 million but the opening weekend was only 568 thousand.
1: I, I, yeah, I just think it, it, would it do made it but bigger it, uh, now.
0: Ultimately, it made it back eighty-three million in total. Oh, so it did all right. <laughs> um, so it definitely, it, it definitely did well. For some reason, I've got this image in my head of
1: a post of the poster, and it says like eight awards, but something awards. Um, yeah, I, I, oh, here
0: we go. Oh, it won three. So, wow.
1: so makeup and hairstyling, best production cinematography. Design, cinematography which I of course, absolutely agree with. Yeah.
0: And it was still nominated, yeah. And then it was also nom- nominated for the original screenplay, original score, and international, international feature, feature film, film, which is where it got its 22-minute standing applause. Um, which I was going to say, I, that I think that's the
1: only down point. If it came out in 2020, maybe the fact it was a foreign film subtitled is, is its down point, but it, to most people, it's not the end of the world. I mean, no, if that's the no. only bad point, is that's nothing to even... Care about because
0: you know we love it, but absolutely. Um, and I think the final thing I'm actually going to say on this before I get you into the quiz, yeah, oh, I do <laughs> not like child actors on the most part, especially when they are leads in a film. Um, I tend to find them annoying, overly whingy, crying a lot, and it, it, again, that's not the child's fault, obviously, that's the direction, the storyline mm. they've chosen in this case. The young lady that played Ophelia, which I will tell you her name in two seconds, uh, Ivana Baquero, was amazing. It was immediately one of these child actors that actually I didn't want to throttle or punch. It was actually (laughs) everything she did, the way she worked, the way she portrayed her character. It felt like that's how a, a real 11-year-old girl would be. Absolutely. In a, this new environment, new stepdad. I, I couldn't fault her acting, but I also couldn't fault the directing of yeah. her. Everything just felt exactly as you would expect it to be. And um, again, I, 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 I'm I one of the few. As I say, I'm not a fan of child actors. I'm not a fan of child-led films. Um, but in this case, no, mm. she, she smashed it. Absolutely smashed it. So... With that in mind, I'm really it is about... your turn.
1: Because And what I'm worried about is how uh, um, how deep the questions
0: are. I don't think they're too bad. I, I, I'd like to think that if I got asked them, I would be okay. Oh, see, um, this is what worries me. You've watched it once. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so 10 questions. They're not in any order of difficulty oh. either, okay? So they might get easier, they might get harder. So play along at home, guys. So question one. What was the name of the fawn? Oh no, what was the name the fawn gives her as princess of the underworld? What was the name? What was the name the fawn gives Ophelia oh, as princess of the uh,
1: underworld? Is it Morana? Oh, yeah, but it's Moana. Moana.
0: <laughs> um, I was going to give you the name of latest, one of the most popular Disney films to date, but you got it there, so that's a one to you. Why did the captain's father smash his watch? Oh, you've got me there. (laughs) Have a thing, because we were talking about it, and time being kind of... I'm almost giving you the answer there. Um, And also think about the end of the film. Oh, the time that he died. That's it. So, yeah, two points to you. Uh, he smashes it so that his he son will remember would know when he the died. time his hero That's father it. died. Question three, then. What was the first creature that Ophelia is tasked to deal with? Uh, toad. That's it. The giant toad. Three out of three so far, Rob. You're not doing too <laughs> bad. What is the name of the housekeeper?
1: Not Mercedes.
0: Mercedes oh okay okay four out of four in what year is the film set 1944 five, uh, five out of five <laughs> what happens to Ophelia's mother she dies in childbirth yeah there you go I got it. she dies during <laughs> labour. six out of six so that you've got to get the one more right and you'll you'll you'll, you'll, you'll take this season then um what question were we? Uh, question seven. How many fairy guides does Ophelia have when attempting the second task? Three. Yeah. <laughs> what? Okay. This one, I'm, I'm very unfair doing this okay. one because it depends how much research you did. Uh, what rating did Rotten Tomatoes give Pan's Labyrinth? And I'll give you a five percent either way. Ninety-five. Damn it. Is it? Yeah. Is it really? <laughs> yes, Ninety-five. There we go. Eight out of no eight. No way. I knew it was high.
1: I knew it was high,
0: but. What does Ophelia have to retrieve from the pale man? A dagger. Correct. Uh, He's going for the the, the full house here. Oh, no. When must the tasks be completed by? Oh, here we go. Right. Is a, it's not a full moon. Full is
1: it? No. No, it's not full moon.
0: I'm not going to give you the clue. <sighs> this is the one.
1: Right. Full task. Three tasks. I'm sure it's something to the moon. Sun. No, nah, it's gone. You'll
0: kick yourself. Gonna <sighs> take a guess.
1: time, the age. Oh.
0: Before the rising of a full moon. Oh, <laughs> so you had it absolutely right. It's before the rise of the full moon. Nine out of i t- I'll take that. Nine out of ten. So you've definitely won that one. So you, you've called it back to a one all. Oh, and yeah. we're going to have to see what happens on Brigsby Bear yes. next week. So, uh, two weeks' time. See, again, so...
1: I'm worried about that quiz.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, this is the 14th of February. You have just listened to us talk about Pan's Labyrinth. The 28th of February, we are going to be talking about Brigsby Bear, which is a really unknown film for yeah. some reason. It was released in 2017. Heard of And you'll have to find out more on the episode. So don't forget, you can follow us on at Before Prime Pod, which is over on Twitter, or you can find the podcast on weekendlollygagger.co.uk. You can also email podcast at thelandbeforeprime.co.uk. Or if you'd like to follow us in person, then you can also follow at WELollygagger on Twitter for me. And retro underscore throwback for Rob and that ladies and gents is that if you would like to discuss this film further with us slate us or do anything like that leave us a review on iTunes on Google come onto Twitter and find us and chat to us come and email us and we'll happily discuss things in an episode in fact it would be quite nice to do a a listeners response video at some point or or, or video podcast (laughs) Um, so yeah that is it ladies and gents that has been the end of another successful episode We'll see you in two. I was going three. to say, all we ask is give the film a go. Absolutely, definitely go and buy it on DVD. Again, the beautiful thing about DVDs at the moment, you can buy them from Amazon for about £3.99. Yeah. And there is not a high price tag on these. Um, buy it, give it a try, let us know your thoughts. Take it easy, you lovelies, and we'll see you soon. Bye bye. Okay.